0: We have Paul Althwaite from the RSPB South East on the line. Paul, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Danny. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Yes, I invited you to come on to have a little quick chat about this State of Nature report Mm -hmm. that was released yesterday, uh, which also includes Surrey's wildlife declines mirrors national slump, 60% of UK species in decline, groundbreaking study finds um, what are the implications on the bird species
1: um, it's pretty much the same across the board really I mean the, the, um, there are birds that we would we think of as familiar and common in our in our countryside that are far fewer in number than they used to be um, that ranges from things like house sparrows and starlings which you see you know, in town centres and around your gardens and, yeah. and again, house in the countryside I
0: remember as a kid seeing starlings all over the place and, yeah. and now you don't see them very much
1: Not so much, I mean the numbers are swelled in the winter so you, stu- do you, you do still get the big flocks in winter when they when they roost on for example Brighton Pier which I know is a bit away from where you are but there are places <laughs> where they go and, but most, a lot of those are boosted in numbers by birds from the continent but we know that the numbers in the UK that are breeding are going down um, things like uh more unusual birds like turtle doves which um their, their numbers have dropped by eight, eight, eight out of ten have disappeared in the last sort of ten fifteen years
0: gosh that's huge numbers
1: and it's it's massive numbers and it and it's and, it, and, it, and of all the birds we've looked at that is the most likely to go extinct in the southeast in surrey in the uk by the end of the decade. Um, wow. But it's not alone. Uh, there are there are other birds that are perhaps more typical of of, of Surrey, for example, um, like the Dartford warbler. So yes. Dartford warblers depend on heathland.
0: Yes, and I know that's a, a rapidly disappearing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you get it, the heathland sites, the gorse and the, and the heather, uh, and and. We've lost lots of Heathland, but there is lots of work going on with the RSPB and others um, to, to create Heathland again. And what we've got is, is probably being managed a bit better than, what, than, than it used to be. Yes. And not that long ago, Dartford warbler numbers crept quite high. Again, in Surrey, we were looking at sort of 200, just short of 250 pairs. You get the bad weather, you get bad winters and bad summers, and the number has crashed again to, to um, you know, very, very small numbers. It's about a 95% decline.
0: Wow. So Over
1: 9 in 10 have gone. But we know from past experience that if the habitat is still there, and that's the important message from this, is yes. the habitat, they can recover, they can come back. If we lose them for good, we've lost them for good. But sure. if we actually make sure that the habitat's there, then there's just one or two survivors they can come back and and for a place areas like surrey where we've got so many important heathland sites i, I know it is very important birds, here yeah cover?
0: of yeah. course of course and uh i mean also very important to get those volunteers on board to help and keep the heathland sort oh, of in the condition sure. it heathland, needs to be in
1: the rspb wildlife trust yeah. all the people who've got all these records in absolutely depend on, on, on volunteers for most of the information that we get in. Um, and those of us, the organizations that actually own and manage land, again, will depend on large numbers, armies of volunteers to help us manage the land or show people around the land that we've got and point out the, the birds and other wildlife that they can see there. And yeah, volunteers are an essential part of nature conservation today and and, and, and organisations such as the RSPB um, continuing to exist and do hopefully a good job.
0: Fantastic, yes, I know. Uh, Also, with regards to the decline of these species, is it down to a whole number of factors you're saying you know obviously it's very important to have the right habitats for them are we losing the habitats is it due to using pesticides uh, changes in land management is it a whole combination of things
1: it, it is pretty much i mean you, you sort of hit the nail on the head there's a whole raft of things so um obviously if you haven't got the right habitat the right type of land for the birds or other wildlife to, to depend on, on that particular type of habitat. If you haven't got that there, then they're not going to be there. Um, and so actual loss of land to development, to roads, to houses, um, can be a problem. So can things like recreation, you know, so if we, it, 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 it's a real balancing act. So, you know, as an organization who is looking to protect the wildlife, protect them, one of the reasons we do that is so that people can enjoy it, both now and into the future. But if we all dash out and all go out at the same time, we can actually cause problems. So it's actually being sensitive to the places we're in when we go there and making sure we do as little damage as possible. A little causes a little disturbance, particularly in breeding season in the, in the early, early spring and summer. Yes, of course. It's also things like um, the dreaded climate change, and we don't really know what sort of impact that's having overall. We know that there's a risk that if it gets too hot and too dry, then certain things will happen. And if it gets, you know, the moment we're going through a cold spell, is that because of, you know, because climate change? It used to be called, you know, used to hear about global warming. It's now climate change. The climate is changing. That doesn't necessarily mean that here in the UK we're going to get hotter. We might actually go the other way. But is is, is what's happening this summer, this spring, is that symptomatic of climate change or is it just a blip?
0: Well, it does seem the patterns do seem to be changing over the last few years. But then sometimes people say, well, you know, there are a change in weather patterns through the cycles of the years anyway. And is that just one of those things as opposed to climate change? But I do agree that, you know, there must be some... There's
1: no question that, the, that there, is a, there is a change in weather patterns. I mean, thinking, yeah. you know, we've all heard of the ice age. That, yes. that, you know, that's obviously a significant weather change, sure. climate change. But the, we know from scientific evidence that we are having an impact on the speed of that change. Yes, of course. And that tends course. to be what the problem is yeah. uh, as much as, or what exacerbates the problem. And because species... If it changes too quickly,
0: yeah, they can't, have, can't adapt with it. No, exactly. They haven't had a chance to adapt, have they? In terms of um, birds, for instance, and in terms of, you know, the general public, as it were, mm-hmm. there are things that we can do in terms of in our gardens, for instance, aren't there? You know, oh, what what can we do to help and support... Our, Absolutely. our wildlife I mean, there, and our birds, for instance.
1: There's a huge amount. Well, I mean, you you can go from the very simple of feeding your garden birds, uh, just putting up a peanut feeder, uh, making sure you get good quality peanuts in the right place, um, and not necessarily the cheapest because some of them do contain nasties. Uh, but also, um, you know, you, you can make your garden more wildlife friendly. I don't know if people have been watching the, um, the TV stuff on, on, on the Chelsea Flower Show, but there's quite a lot of emphasis there on yes. things like having plants that bees like which is great to see like. actually absolutely yeah and it, it's fantastic to see organizations like the rhs the royal horticultural society taking on board the fact that you can have a well-ordered organized well-planted garden that's good for wildlife
0: yes and you can you can buy specific seeds and things that absolutely. say wildlife friendly flowers and seeds on them so it's the quite, quite obvious, easy to find
1: the most obvious thing you can do for a, for a, a garden to make it better for wildlife is introduce water so whether that's a, a bird bath or whether that's a, a, a full-on pond, um, the, if you've got water in your garden, you will have more wildlife. That's almost almost certain. I mean, I remember when we put a pond in, in, in into our garden at home, we were watching it fill up. And while, you know, you know tap water coming in from a hosepipe, um, a few years ago now, I have to confess, but it was yeah. tap water coming in from a hosepipe. And before it was full, we had water boatmen in there.
0: It is incredible how species just yeah. do populate water from, <laughs> yeah. from, from seemingly nowhere. And, and
1: they, will, they will come in and they'll use it, and then the birds can use it around the edges. Feeding the birds over the winter is obviously something that people have been doing for years.
0: Well, I and guess, and now, because the weather's colder than it normally would be at this time of year.
1: The key thing for thinking about now is, because even though the, you know, the birds will be starting to, will be breeding, is to make sure, as far as possible, the food you put out isn't big and lumpy. Uh, or if it is right. that it's in cages, that means the birds have to break it up. Because if, they, if they're feeding it, they happen, if they're inexperienced um, parents, as it were, and they're feeding it to their chicks, big lumpy things are not good for tiny chicks. Right. And if you can afford it or find it, if you can use things like mealworms or things like that, which are protein-rich as opposed to the sort of fat-rich stuff in the in the winter... Um, then you're, you're helping them find the right food for the youngsters, because quite often what the youngsters need at this time of year is is insects, the protein-rich yeah. foods to help them grow.
0: Oh, okay, well, that's really worth knowing. Just in terms of, I know this is, you know, obviously quite a devastating report, mm. but there are one or two good news stories in terms of, um, I was part of the uh, osprey reintroduction up in Rutland Water, um, was there when... The first ospreys actually were re-released back into the wild, so mm-hmm. I mean that's a success story, isn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think so, so. Some of the things you know, so, so David. And also red
0: kites as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely, red kites as well. So David Attenborough was very clear when he was launching the document um, yesterday evening um, about saying this is also it, 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 it's a it, it's a it's a rallying cry, as it were, a dire warning, but also a ray of hope because it's actually highlighting some of the issues, but it's pointing out some of the the, the good news stories. So as you say, red kites are doing really well. Um, The fact that things like DDT pesticides have been taken out of the system. I've seen some of our birds of prey getting back to the stage, the the, the levels they once were. Um, There are other animals, animal birds and animals, who are doing quite well. And it's quite interesting to see the contrast. So if you look at lesser spotted woodpeckers, for example, are doing pretty badly across the southeast great spotted woodpeckers on the other hand seem to be doing quite well right. and actually understanding the needs of those differing you know the differing needs of those apparently quite similar species yes. is really important Absolutely. Um, i mean the dartford warbler in itself is probably a bit of a success story because you know years ago decades you know two three decades ago the numbers in the whole of the southeast were very very low yeah and then they crept up and up and up and yes they crashed again but we know that we, if you, if we you know like, we got, can help
0: them and, yeah, and make we've it work. we got
1: tactics. You know, there are yeah. tactics out there. Organizations like us, um, the Wild Wildfowl Trust, Wildfowl Wetland Trust, and the Reptile Specialist Amphibian and Reptile Conservation, Butterfly Conservation. All these different organizations know a lot about how to fix things. They know the tactics. Yes. What this report highlights is that across the board, we need to bring some of that, you know, that expertise more together. In, some, in the strategy, with support from, to be brutally honest, government, we need support from government to recognise that our wildlife, our countryside is one of the reasons that we, we like living here, that we like the, the places that we go to. So sure. They do need some sort of mechanisms and support to ensure that we can protect the countryside into the future.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, food for thought there, I have to say. A, a combination of things, you know, some, some bad news but some good news and uh, let's hope that making changes and getting on board and what is great is to see so many organisations all working, collaborating together actually for the benefit of... Sure,
1: uh, absolutely. I, I think it's, 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 it's one of the, you know, you, you highlighted already the importance of volunteers, that link of all those different organisations working together to highlight a common a common theme, a common theme of problems Absolutely. and i think working together pointing the way to for some of the solutions um and yeah i think it, you know it for me yesterday it really felt like things potentially had the opportunity to change we've got the real potential out there and real energy behind what we're trying to do
0: which is brilliant thank you very much for your time paul no worries, a very kind of you um if you stay on the line, I'll have a quick chat with you. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, that's, thank you. That was Paul Althwaite from the RSPB, uh, based down in Brighton.